Welcome to the JMAC Tries Podcast. to my show, the show bringing you weekly conversations of motivation and positivity with some badass triathletes. And again, thank you so much for joining me every week, and thank you for sharing all your positive comments, truly having a good time doing this, and I hope you're enjoying it too. Today's guest, pretty kick-ass woman, she is Lindsay Berkabile. So she is found on Instagram, at you got chicked, that's you underscore got underscore chicked she's just totally awesome totally badass totally positive i've been following her for a while now on instagram and uh she always got a smile on her face always making goofy faces always just having fun um like my other guests not taking herself too seriously but when you dig in a little deeper as we do in this conversation you find out there's some some other stuff behind the curtain as there is with all of us here uh what we portray on social media and what is behind the curtain is a little different but I really appreciate Lindsay for coming on and being open and honest. We had a great conversation about what got her into triathlon. It centered around um, an eating disorder that she had in late high school, early college. And we talk about you know looking at food differently, right? So she used to look at food in a negative way. And now as a triathlete, it's, it is 100% geared towards fuel for her body. And we talk about the positive side effects of triathlon and how it obviously makes you a faster person, but it also makes you a better person in life. And we talk about her entire life. Um, this really cool project she's working on now with some other guys called The Limit Show that they're trying to get um, passed on a couple different networks and basically they're going to travel the world and do these badass races you know it's going to make iron man race look like look like nothing so we talk about that a little bit um we talk about pushing limits we talk about what inspired her to get into iron man her dad is a five-time kona qualifier so obviously she's been to hawaii bunch and had the had the bug early in her life um she was only 29, but she actually much early took a couple years before she got into it, did her first marathon um, as, a, as a testament to overcoming her eating disorder and was immediately hooked and said, I'm going to do a triathlon. And within a year of doing her first triathlon, she started with a couple sprints, Olympics, did her first 70.3 and qualified for 70.3 world championships. So that is her distance. We talk about that. We talk about what it takes to get to worlds, what it takes to Kona, and just all around the positivity of our sport. So hope you enjoy this episode. We laughed. She has. She brings a smile to her face. She's so much fun to follow on Instagram. So without further ado, Lindsay Berkabile. Hello, Lindsay. Hi. 
how are you? I'm pretty okay. You're pretty okay. I know, right? <laughs> uh, thank you for your patience. Yeah, no problem. Uh, as we were talking about before, we got to look at the silver lining. So um, <laughs> we, we made it. How's exactly. that for a silver lining? <laughs> I mean, we did it. I updated some things on my phone. We're all good. Can't complain. See that? You got, you got some stuff done. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so how, I, I gotta I, I always start my west coast east coast calls with how's the weather out there oh it's actually pretty great it weirdly <laughs> rained yesterday it never rains mm-hmm. um but now it's kind of a little overcast which is perfect for training and it's like I don't know maybe high 70s so pretty nice uh, so you you don't miss the East Coast, Pennsylvania, Rochester, New York. No, that was the one thing I was like, screw this. I am going somewhere where it's year round training. Like, ugh, it's yeah. Snow, snow is fun to visit, but I want to leave it. Yeah, snow is great for the couple weeks around the holidays, and uh, and then I'm like, okay, bring on spring. Exactly. <laughs> Did it did it take you a while to get used to um, the year-round nice weather out there, or did you kind of just be like, this is awesome? Yeah, it was – this is awesome right away. I never <laughs> missed it. Like, And you know what? There's enough change in the seasons here. I mean, you don't think about it. You think it's the same, but it's not. Like, I know when it's winter. I know when it's summer. I know when it's fall. It's just not as drastic. Um, huh. Like, it'll get colder. Like, it can get down to the 30s in the morning in, like, wintertime. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw you guys had a little bit of a cold snap last week. I think it was. Yeah, it got it got a little a little brisk, um, but yeah. And then during summer, it can get up to over the hundreds, yeah. and yeah, spring is just the weird dry period where everything's brown. <laughs> uh, that's right, because yeah, you don't get a lot of rain out there. Except yeah. For... Okay. So you can just redefine the seasons and flow with it. It's all good. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, at this point, so we are, well, we're just about into March, and I am done and done and done with winter and just want to get outside yeah. and start training in the spring and summer. So I feel you. Trainer ride, <laughs> long, long trainer rides are, I don't care who you are, there's nothing that fun about them. A little fun, <laughs> not that <Right>. fun. <laughs> yeah, I've been using Zwift. I kind of got, I got hooked on Zwift the past oh, couple months. Oh, I've heard months. great things about that. Yeah, it's um, it's funny. So they've they've been in a beta program for a while, and they finally they finally kicked it up a notch the past six to nine months, and have honestly been really enjoying it. Um, well, you're, I mean, I'm talking to an animator. I mean, it's it's yeah. all gaming, so it's looking at cool graphics, and it's just enough to keep you engaged. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I was used to the CompuTrainer when that first came out, and you know, you could hook up you and your friend and you could like kind of race each other. Yep. Um, I was used to that, but it all, I will say this, the compu trainer, everything kind of looks the same on it. <laughs> um, but at least it's something to look at, you know? Yes. So. Well, Zwift got, has it figured out. And I think, so I, I am 43, but you know, back in 20 plus years ago, I was always a gamer and, you know, loved gaming and electronics. So Zwift has a gaming mentality to it where you can level up and you could change your avatar and you could get cool different gear as you hit certain milestones and levels. So it, it makes you want to keep coming back for more and keep going and going and going. 
That's awesome. I've never used yeah. it. Use it now. Well, it's it's actually funny because there's a lot of pros, especially on the West Coast, that are using it. Um, even when the weather's nice out, they're still on there. One of my past guests, Ivan Dominguez, he's a pro triathlete. He was a pro cyclist, and he's on Zwift all the time. In fact, he did a he did a three hour group workout two weekends ago that I did with him. Um, all online and you know three hours in the trainer is brutal but i don't want to say it went by fast but it was actually almost tolerable yeah oh that's really cool yeah the longest i've ever done on the trainer is three hours and i'm not gonna lie i had a three hour 30 workout but i was just staring into the abyss during the whole thing and i i got off and i'm like i i can't i just can't (laughs) like i I said i just can't and then like stormed away like it was such a dramatic triathlete moment (laughs) (laughs) right done done and done yeah i'm like ah (laughs) so you've been um we were kind of chatting a little bit before so you your focus has been 70.3 distance yeah i uh i love it like a lot it's kind of intense. <laughs> mm-hmm. How much I love that distance. And I will say I haven't done a full yet. Um, I am very involved in the world. And, you know, my dad is a five-time Kona qualifier and I grew up around it. So um, fulls, it's not like it's it's scary for me. It's just that, um, A, I know I'm a little bit more equipped for 7.3 due to my age, especially when I started about, what was that, four, five years ago. Yeah. Um, and... I have plenty of time to bump up. And I also know when I do that, all I will want to do is Kona. So I won't, <laughs> I won't be seeing friends like my poor boyfriend. Like, <laughs> yeah. So, um, but I had plans. I really wanted to jump up in 2019, but I've been dealing with injury and illness for the past year and a half. Um, oh, so I, it's not, it, I, I will be getting back to it. It's just kind of a patience game. Um, but once I do, I think I'll have one more season of strict 70.3. Um, and then I think I might jump up to a full and, and just focus on Kona and yeah, we'll see, see how that goes. How old are you? Um, I'm 29 right now. Okay. So you're, so I'm 43. So your dad's probably what, 10 years older than me, probably in his fifties. Yeah. My dad is 57. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so you, cause you mentioned your age as far as 70.3. So I, I'm assuming you mean you have some years ahead of you before you, you can step up or you want to step up to, to the fuller distance, get some more miles under your belt. And uh, you definitely have some time on your side. Oh yeah. I mean, I know that actually the older you get, the more equipped you are for the ultra long distances. Right. Um so, you know, like you don't really hit your peak until you're in like your mid thirties, really. So I figure, you know, it's really like, it's really been the silver lining in all of this injury and illness. You know, I'm kind of like, there's no rush. Like, mm-hmm. like it's, it's a good thing that I'm just getting everything sorted out and I can now train smarter and, you know, and it, it'll always be there. It's not going anywhere. So it's, it's fine. I give you credit, um, you know, often. So I've done, this is my 12th season doing triathlons, never done a full, done a bunch of 70.3s, but I kind of found my sweet spot was the Olympic distance. Yeah. And I think to your point before, we all, we all kind of find our sweet spot that works for us, but all too often people just jump in, do a full Ironman after one year of training and then never do it again. The one so, and done. Yeah. yeah. Um, and in fact, one of my guests coming up, 
who I just spoke to uh, is the CEO of USA Triathlon. And one of the things they're trying to do is get more members, right? So, um, you know, our sport kind of peaked probably four or five years ago. And as far as membership is concerned, but I think it's so many people that just did the one and done and then walked away. So it's awesome to hear someone like you that has the patience and is really focused on some, some longer term goals. Yeah. Well, the thing is, is, I mean, like, I, I can understand the one and done if you just want to cross it off your bucket yeah. list. Backle list, exactly. Yep. Yeah, but at the same time, if you love it and you really want to get into, like, I into the sport, every time I do one, like, you just learn more, you get more tuned, you're a more well-oiled machine, like Mm -hmm. growing in the sport and learning things, it's all learning experience, you know? So even the bad races are probably somehow more important than the good ones because you learn so much and experience so many things and you can really test the limit of your body um, and see how much further can you go. And I mean, beyond just yourself as an athlete, like as a woman, it builds confidence in it. It, you know, it allows you to see that your body is this amazing machine that can withhold so much and testing those limits goes beyond just on the field. It goes into your everyday life, you know, for getting through anything uh, that's thrown at you. Yeah. I think that's the greatest thing about our sport is it's a sport that you could integrate into your life. It's uh, you know, it's not golf. It's not something that you have to do on a weekend you know obviously there are other long rides that you're away from people but you could do it as a group but you could integrate it into your life and it becomes part of your life and clearly talking about your dad um you know you grew up around an Ironman triathlete so you know what it's like to be there now were you able to go out to Kona when your dad raced out there yep yep oh it's my favorite Kona is like my Christmas birthday like I haven't competed yet but like I I'm even even if he isn't there next year I'll still go it's just Oh, if no, if anyone listening to this podcast has never gone, oh my gosh, you just, just go. Like, (laughs) I mean, you'll make friends, like you'll be inspired, like you'll cry, you'll laugh, you'll like, oh my gosh, it's just the energy the whole week is like intense. Like it's the best. (laughs) That's awesome. Now you, have you been to 70.3 worlds? Yes. Um, I've actually qualified every year that I've been racing, uh, but I've only gone, three times okay where did you go for those um i went to austria um i went and i did two times in um vegas nice before they started moving it around that's right so you know here we go so unlike you know so it is a world championship but i'm sure the vibe there is is not kona right kona has its own vibe you know what though it's changing okay um at first, I mean, like, like the vibe is great, but it's, you know, it's kind of, it was Kona's second cousin, which made me a little sad. Um, <laughs> but now it's getting more and more competitive to get in. It's actually edging up to how I feel like Kona is, um, the eliteness of it, um, and just the vibe. I mean, obviously, I don't know if anything will quite meet Kona, but it's, right. it's, it's getting there. Well, I think, again, it goes to the back to the testament of our community of our sport it's people want longevity and you know how many ironmans can you do in in a year right i mean it's not but you could do multiple 70.3s i mean you could do two to four no problem um training wise and 
financially wise and travel wise, but you know, Ironman is just, you, you said it before, right? Once you start training for that, you're all in, you're not yeah. going to see your family. You're not going to see your, yeah, it's like, bye fam. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, it's funny. So my business partner is also a triathlete. He's never done an Ironman. And, and I think what we're going to do is if we decide to do it, we have to do it the same. Well, we can't do it the same year because the business will just shut down because both of us will be completely gone. Yep. <laughs> So, um, yeah, it's a crazy commitment, but going back to your point, the 70.3 distance, it's a, you know, it's a tough race. It's a big commitment, but you could still integrate it into your overall life. Yeah. I was going to say like, cause I work full time and actually mm-hmm. my hours just finally got reduced, but there for a while I was working nine to seven Monday through Oof. Friday. And, you know, almost every day for me is a double workout day, but at least each of the workouts are like about an hour. Right. So whereas Ironman training, like you can, you know, they you pretty much kind of double it. So, you know, instead of an hour swim, you might be doing an hour 30. And let me tell you those 30 minutes or an hour or an hour throughout the day, you know, that you dedicate, you know, in addition to your 7.3 yep. training for a full, like it really does take away a lot. Like you'd be surprised. Um so I've, I've been, you know, it's, it's been a balance for me of like, but the thing is too, is I just, I just, honestly, I just love the 70.3 distance. Like, like, like you said, you find that sweet spot and it was like the first sport I was ever really, really good in. And so it was just really motivating to see how good I could get in it. And um, yeah, like you could be super focused, but still at least have a date night. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> you don't have to, you don't have to go home at 6 PM. Um, yeah. Exactly. So you, um, you were kind of saying that before, so you weren't, you don't really have this huge athletic background. Not really. Um, I, I think a lot of people assume that I have, but not, not particularly. Um, I piddled around in high school sports and I was mostly a swimmer. Yep. Um, I was a decent swimmer, but I definitely wasn't the best on the team. Um, like I made it to districts, but you know, I'd get like last place in districts. That's about <laughs> where I was at. Right. Um, and, but the thing is too, is honestly, like I, I was on track, I wasn't cross country, but I kind of quit like after like a few years and swimming was the only one that I really did since I was eight until 18. But even so I didn't try that hard. Um, like I did it cause it was fun and I could be yep. with my friends. Um, but I don't ever remember taking the workouts that seriously. I just did what I was told and kind of complained about it. exactly Um, it wasn't until I got to college and you know I wasn't in any sports and I mostly just started running you know I Mm -hmm. don't really know why like I guess for weight management and it was just kind of something I started doing like I don't know um and my parents you know like my dad's a big uh, big into competition clearly right <laughs> um and so like they signed up for like a half marathon and they're like oh well you've been running like why don't you do it and you know I was like okay and that's just kind of how I edged into it but honestly um there's like two factors why I feel like I became a triathlete and one is I have been um, like throughout my college and like late high school, like I suffered from eating disorders pretty intensely. Like I was oh, in wow. inpatient treatment and um, like at one point I was 99 pounds and I actually died on campus. They had to resuscitate me um, and running changed my view on my body and nutrition. 
That's because you awesome. have to fuel your body and you have to you have to eat something to be able to do what you want to do. And so I actually honestly, once I was out of Renfrew and everything, um, I decided that I wanted to run a marathon uh, to celebrate my recovery and to raise money for girls who need help, uh, who who suffer from eating disorders but don't have insurance or their insurance cuts them off because that wow. happens all the time. Like a girl will be a hundred pounds and like five foot seven and insurance will cut her off as soon as she can just stand up. Oh Jesus. Okay. It's crazy. So I, I ended up raising, I think it was about five or $6,000, um, which goes towards scholarships pretty much. I guess you can call it that, uh, for, mm-hmm. for these girls. And, um, it was like per mile that I completed, you know, so I'd have to complete the whole thing. And, um, basically I am, I am my dad, like, so, <laughs> and I, and I, I fought it for many years, you know, I was sure. like a rebellious kid where I was like, I'm not my dad. And then right. one day I woke up and I'm just like, that's it. Okay, fine. I'm my dad. And even though like, I just wanted to finish, um, I got a little bit competitive and I wasn't coached really. My dad just kind of like said, you know, like, oh, you just do this and this and this. And you run like a long run on the weekend. I just kind of did that. Um, but once I was in the race, like I got competitive and the energy of the race and everything. Mm-hmm. And literally the moment I crossed the finish line, the catcher who caught me at the finish line, he asked me, you know, okay, so like, when are you going to do your next one? I was like, like, as soon as possible. But in my head, I didn't mean marathons. I I wanted to do, I caught the bug. I wanted to do 70.3 because I've grown up around it. And actually I went to Kona that year as well. And I was just so inspired. Um, I'm a swimmer. Like I have a swimming background. Like I was running, you know, I just ran a marathon. Like I had a running background. I just kind of had to learn to cycle. And I'm like, with my dad's help because that's his strong point I'm like I think I can do this and it's funny um I told my dad set me up with his coaches and I told them I'm like I want to qualify for the world championships and they laughed at me because you know they're like you're not going to qualify for worlds in your first race and I'm like I don't care that's my goal wait so your first your first try was a 70.3 well no I wanted it to be but (laughs) god okay (laughs) otherwise they told me otherwise They, they made me do two sprints at minimum before I jumped in. So I, I did a 10K, a half marathon, and then a shorter sprint and a longer sprint that was short of an Olympic. Um, and then I did a 70.3. And I qualified my first 70.3. Holy smokes. That's awesome. Yeah. So I was like, ha ha, screw you. I did it. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, and, and ever since then, it's just been a, I, I love this, I want to get better. And it's been such a positive force in my life. Like, it's one of the huge things that has really made me become a recovered person from my um, eating disorder past. And now I'm like recovered and healthy. And a lot of it is just changing your mindset on not what your body looks like, but what it can do. Yep. Because what your body can do is so much cooler than, like, <laughs> you know, whatever you want to look like. It doesn't matter. I mean, you look out on the course, and what's amazing is you see these athletes of every body shape, and they're killing it. It's a, you, can't, yep. you can't look at any athlete on that course and be like, oh, well, you're fast, or you're going to beat me, or you're not, because it doesn't really matter out there. I, you know, like, there's a little bit of an advantage, I guess, um, you know, if you're a little heavier or if you're a little lighter. But honestly, I find that it's not so much the case. And that's, that's cool. You know, I find that really cool. 
yeah, I think that's one of the coolest things about our sport is it doesn't matter if you're first or last, what body type you are. All of us are putting the same amount of work in. Exactly. You know, I mean, there's some people putting in a little bit more, a little less, but at the end of the day, we're still training six, seven days a week, double sessions, um, integrating into our lives. And I think that's so cool that you you use our sport positively, not only physically, but also mentally and more of just an overall body, uh, you know, just feel good about yourself. Yeah, you know, and it's like it, it builds so much confidence, like like I said before, in, in your whole life, like not just like, oh, I can go fast. It's like if you're trying something new, you know, you can be like, no, I can do this. Like I went from zero to triathlete, you know, like. <laughs> If I can do 70.3, like, you know, I can, you know, I don't know, whatever is ahead of you or like I can ask for that raise because I am worth it or, yeah, you know, it's and it also shows you that you can kind of push yourself in other ways, you know, finding a little extra time. It teaches you time management and patience and to listen to your body if you're smart. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If, you, if you actually you could listen, you, you could hear it. But whether you yeah, listen to it or not, it's a different thing. Or not. Um, <laughs> It's just an all around great thing, you know, and, and I, I love that it's growing, you know, especially, especially in, you know, with females and stuff, I think it's just such a positive, awesome thing. Yeah. You know what? And Lindsay, that was one of the reasons why I asked you on my show. Um, you know, I've been following you on Instagram and that's right. You are, you got chicked on Instagram. Yeah. Underscore um, underneath each word. That, that's right. You underscore got underscore chicked. Um, but you've just been nothing but positive and, and motivating. And that's just, that's the only factor to come on my show with motivation and positivity. Yeah. And uh, so I, I appreciate you coming on. I wanted to talk about, um, you know, you're talking about it's kind of opened your eyes to doing anything and going down this path of a little project you're working on called the limit show. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's so exciting. Or a big project. I should say I shouldn't be little. It sounds like it's a huge project. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's a new television show. Yeah. Um, what it is, it's it's a like reality docu-series basically following me and uh, two of my best friends, actually my friend Witch Show. And it's about finding those races that really test your limits. You know, like we've all heard of marathons. We've all heard of Ironman. And they're amazing and great. But there's races out there that are going to break you. Like, mm-hmm. like races that amazing athletes just can't finish that are going to test not only your physical limits, but your mental limits. You know, it's going to be things like the Leadville burrow race at 13,000 feet where you have to run 22 miles with a burrow beside you, or it's going to be, you know, the sled dog race, you know, like the Iditarod, or it's going to be the Barkley marathons, or it's going to be like, you know, a race swimming from the Southern Island to the Northern Island of New Zealand. Um, it's these crazy races where a lot of them are in the boonies or there isn't really an age station. <laughs> you know, it's not like a, you, you know, you buy an expensive bike and, you know, anyone can do it if they just kind of push through hard enough. Like, like some of these races we could die. Right. Um, but we want to find these races because we love seeing where our limit is and we want to share these different locations and these different unknown races, you know, with the public and, um, hopefully they'll um, kind of join us on the journey and enjoy it as well. <laughs> so is is your mission with this to actually do the race? Oh yeah, we we will do every race. Oh my gosh! Yep. And the the three of you? Yep, the three of us. We've already shot the pilot. It was the Leadville Borough race. Um, and currently we're meeting 
I'm not sure if I'm allowed to say who we're meeting with yet. That's fine. Not. You could you but, could leave the names off. Of yeah, it. yeah. That's fine. But, but we'll be meeting. We have three major television um, nice. networks who we're meeting with in the next month. So yeah, we've already been picked up by ITV, and like things are really moving. You know, this isn't some crazy <laughs> idea that we had that we're just kind of like piddling around. Like, I I feel pretty confident about it, and uh, yeah, it'll be a really fun ride. Like, literally, training will be my job, which will be really fun. <laughs> Well, first of all, well, it is a crazy idea, <laughs> but you guys, you guys are actually putting some, yeah. some something behind it and, and turning it into a reality. So Burrow Race is in Donkey? Yes, uh, it's, a, it's a donkey, and it's kind of a homage <laughs> to the mining days whenever they had to stake their claim and, and right. carry 30 pounds of gold like back to town to prove it, and then they have mm-hmm. it in their name. So you're not allowed to ride the Burrow. <laughs> I okay. want to be clear on that because that sounds awesome. No, you just right. have to have the burrow with you. So imagine you're an amazing athlete and you just want to run it and then your burrow just sits down. Oh, my God. That's what happened to me. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just like, we're four miles in and I'm like, her name was Sheba. And I'm like, Sheba, please go. I'm like crying. I'm like, we just need this. I'm like trying to push her from behind. And let me tell you, if a burrow doesn't want to go, she ain't. Right. She ain't going. Nice. Oh, that is awesome. And how long was the race? Um, it was 22 miles. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, you climbed up from 10,000 feet to 14,000 feet. The turnaround was at Mosquito Pass. It's, it follows a lot of the course of the Leadville 100, if you're familiar. Got it. Yep, absolutely. Um, all on trails. Uh, it's, it's already a gnarly course. But then, <laughs> I mean, Wit got pulled down switchbacks on rocks he got pulled down by his burrow at full speed. Ugh. Like he had, he has scars. Like it was, it, it's intense. Like it sounds silly, but once you're in it, like it is, it's a tough cookie of a race. Like my gosh. And, and how many people compete in this or competed in this? Um, That's a good question. If I had to guess, I'd yeah. say a hundred people. Got it. So you guys did this. This is your pilot. And yeah. you did in the- <laughs> oh my god yeah it's a it's a good one it's a yep we went out with a film crew and all three of us competed in the race and uh uh cringeworthy moments and hilarity ensue i could imagine and then so then your goal is to kind of do one race per episode yeah so we've actually narrowed it down we have like a list of 20 races and um like i said anything from the iditarod to you know the barkley marathons to the dog sled race like everything oh the north pole marathons on there um we have like different like obstacle swim runs in like the english channel locks or whatever um Mm -hmm. we have like a whole list of these crazy races that we found and let me tell you just researching and trying to find crazy races there are there are some crazy things out there. <laughs> like, it's been fun. Like, I'm like, these exist? Like, are you right. kidding me? You know, it's really fun. Um, I'm really excited to do them all. And we definitely have way, we have so many races. Like, we could be doing this for, like, five seasons, you know, if if it goes well. So, so yeah, well, it's just a waiting game now. We'll see. That's wow. So you you potentially will might literally get paid to race all these races. Exactly, exactly, and travel to these beautiful locations. Right. You know, it's it's also a little bit of a travel show too to showcase the area where these races are and the people there and the culture. It'll be great. 
That's awesome. Now, do you, I know you kind of you little have a little bit of injury you're dealing with, and you're really focused on the next couple of years. Um, so, mm-hmm. but Kona still on the on the on the gamut. Oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. It's it's intense. Like I even even if I drop down to seventy point three afterwards, like I'm not stopping until I get to Kona. Okay, perfect. Well, you heard it here first, so we're not we're gonna <laughs> hold you to that. Yeah, hold me accountable. I don't mind. <laughs> exactly. It's it's funny. You're the second, but my last guest, um, Christina Economy, same thing. She threw it out there. She's like, in two years, I'm qualifying for Kona yes. and seventy point three worlds. So oh, I'm like, okay, we throwing it out there on my show. So I might have to change the format of my show. So <laughs> yeah, it'd be like Kona dreams. Kona exactly. Dreams. <laughs> NBC has nothing on me. Yeah, exactly. um, <laughs> So listen, this is this is so awesome. And I'm so glad we had this opportunity to talk. But as we wrap this up, I kind of want to put one. I want to ask you one final question. Yeah. And uh, basically, it's if you could go back to your very first day of training, and give your current self one piece of advice, what would it be? Oh, I have one. Okay, perfect. So, um, I like in a healthy way, I want to be clear. Cause I just talked about my eating disorder past, but in a healthy way, I really put maybe a little bit too much um, emphasis on getting to race weight before my first weight race. Mm-hmm. And I was dieting um, and I was doing it in a healthy way, but you're still at a deficient. And I wish that I would have told myself that two months prior to a race, you just can't be cutting calories. You need, you need, to be fueling yourself because I, although I qualified, like I was hungry a little bit when I started that race and that is downhill from there. Like no matter how much nutrition you take on the course, you can't catch up. You have to always be ahead. So I wish I would have gone. I learned that after that, that first race, but it's like, you just got to make sure that you're fueling your body properly, not just in the race, prior to that because it builds up in your system and make sure your body is completely functioning at its optimal you need to be you know giving yourself the optimal nutrition and the optimal amount i think that's awesome i think you know that's one of the things as athletes we've come to realize is you know as food tastes good it looks good it smells good but at the end of the day it's fuel right it's what we put in our bodies what we get out of it so yeah exactly yeah, I actually, awesome. I actually PR'd in 70.3 at my heaviest. So Really? Yeah, so, you know, keep that in mind, too. Sometimes light um, may yeah. not be the best thing for your body. In particular, everyone's body is so different. I, Like I said, I was six pounds up from my first race, and I beat my time by, like, ten minutes. Well, and it sounds like because – and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but maybe you kind of let your body – kind of do what it needed to do with the fuel you were giving it. So exactly. it probably put on, a, you know, right. You let, you naturally let it take in what you're giving it and figure out what your optimal weight is. Exactly. So experiment. And just because someone is, does well on a different rate, it doesn't always mean that that's best for you, you know, experiment a little bit and see where your personal sweet spot is. Awesome. I love it. So Lindsay, I truly appreciate you coming on my show. It's been an awesome conversation. Of course, it's been my pleasure. <laughs> so you are Lindsay Berkey Bile yes. and you are at you underscore got underscore chicks on Instagram. Yes. Come say and hi. I always, I'm, you're going to get some more followers, I promise you, because you are so motivating and so positive. And uh, this was so much fun. I wish you the best of luck. I look forward to seeing how this show goes and, and watching your journey unfold over the next couple of years. Yeah, definitely. Thanks so much. It was seriously all my pleasure. This was really fun.
<laughs> Thanks, Lindsay. I will talk to you soon. All right. Bye. Bye. All right, everybody. What'd you think? Lindsay Berkebile. You got checked on Instagram. Uh, just so positive, just so full of energy. You could just see the smile on her face as we're having this conversation. And one of the coolest things I love about my show and talking to these other triathletes is, you know, uh, if you talk to them long enough, some stuff comes out that they may not put out there um, right away. So I was really glad we got to talk a little bit about her eating disorder for no other reason than it just brings awareness to to that. And I truly appreciate Lindsay for being open and honest about it. Um, it was a great conversation. It was nothing but positive. She's just a cool chick, so I want you to follow her on Instagram, you underscore got underscore chicked, Lindsay Berkebile. And uh, let's see what the world brings her over the next one to two years with 70.3, with Kona, and with her show, The Limit Show. So as always, I'm J-Mac. This is my show. Truly appreciate you guys listening, sharing, downloading, uh, sending me positive comments. It's just been fun. It's a fun ride and looking forward to continuing this as long as you will have me. So you know where to find me and how to find me. J-Mac underscore tries. Until next week, talk to you soon.